0: as we give uh, these thoughts of what, what's our topic here? gifts to the church, right? and we're looking at these qualifications qualifications have to see the risen Lord have to be called in commission have to be a supernatural revelation of the truth they give have to be given uh, authority and infallibility from Christ Philippians 3.17 says brethren join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern follow the apostle Follow the apostles. There's the pattern. They have the truth to uh, to give you, and they, of course they were living that too. So there's uh, authority. Uh, and then another thing, um, the mark of an apostle is that they do signs and wonders and miracles. And you can find that in Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse twelve. Somebody wants to say, "Okay, um, I'm an apostle. Why are you an apostle? Uh, do, you, do you do signs and wonders and miracles? What are they? Can, have you raised the dead?" <laughs> Have you? Uh, has the Lord worked through you so a man can have an arm grow back on him? Truly, the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. A mark of an apostle is that he did those signs. And that showed that what he was saying was true. Jesus also authenticated the word that he spoke with... Something outwardly that they did, he would do signs and wonders and miracles. But uh, getting to the truth was what really counted. You can go to Hebrews two. Speaking of Hebrews, there, Audrey, Uh, chapter two, verse four, verse three. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first, which at the first, at the very outset? began to be spoken by the Lord. Okay, it started with the Lord. There he's talking about Christ. Okay, it started with Him. And was confirmed to us by those who heard Him. Who's the us? Well, he's speaking of somebody who followed the Lord and I would tend to think it's apostles. So, (laughs) God also bearing witness both with Signs and wonders. How did He bear witness? Signs and wonders with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to His own will. When He did it, it was always according to God's will, not because of their will. But uh, that authenticated what they were doing. They were confirmed. By the way, you will see a past tense here worth looking at. It was spoken by the Lord and then was confirmed to us as in a past tense. That has already happened. It's not continuing to happen at this time. It was. It's already been done by those who heard it. Anyway, um, we see some qualifications, I think, that put out any thought of anybody being an apostle today on the par of uh, what Paul or the rest of the twelve, or that group, were who had written Revelation. If that be the case, then we have not a completed Bible and anything that comes forth from somebody that they're claiming that this came from God, then we need to have that written or we don't have all the Word of God. The canon is what matters. And historically, church history shows that the canon was done by the end of the first century. It didn't really come out until... Uh, maybe a couple of hundred years later where men put it together what was in there but it was already done as far as God is concerned he knew what was in the canon it was there and it was out amongst the people but to finally recognize it as a as a body you know, it, it took a time to do that but it was already written it was finished and uh, so therefore that's why we say the apostle time period is done and one of the best verses for that is found in our book we're studying in Ephesians 2 um, and I think this is irrefutable for there not being apostles today. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. Already it's been built. Past tense, it's done. The foundation is laid. We don't have a foundation on the 13th floor. We have a building going up and it will continue to go up until Christ comes back, till He's finished the, the church uh, there there's a foundation the apostles prophets they laid it and that was a responsibility that they had to lay it well what is it it's the word of God isn't it they laid that so, and they received and declared God's revelation we kind of looked at that earlier and then uh, another responsibility is they confirmed the word by doing the signs wonders and miracles so it's the responsibilities and qualifications are kind of related together now there's another little twist, though. You can say, "Well, wait a minute, there are other guys in there called apostles, and they weren't in that 12, and I don't see anywhere where Paul listed them in that sense, but what about, what about Barnabas? Was he an apostle? Or what, what's going on there? Well, there's a general sense. What does an apostle mean, generally, to be one who is sent? Yeah, Bill.:
1: I don't mean to muddy the money the. But...
0: Oh, it's already muddy. Go ahead.
1: Right. Well, in the Gospels, there's those two passages where Jesus sent out the 12, and he also sent out the 72. Now, we don't know. I mean, it doesn't say that they saw Jesus after he rose. Okay? I mean, we can assume that, but we don't. I'm not for the sake of this question. But he told them to do all kinds of signs and wonders. Uh-huh. I mean, and and, there, and and not a lot of them are named or anything like that. I mean, I don't even, I don't know. And then, you know, there, anyway, I don't even know where those two passages are, but I remember him sending out 12, and then I remember right. him sending out 72.
0: That's exactly right. He told right. them
1: to do things that we're not doing
0: today by any means. Yeah, and uh, what were they doing? They were doing the same thing that Jesus had been sick. doing.
1: I know one of them, was it killed sick? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't even know. Does anybody know where that passage is?
0: Not exactly. You, wait, you're the one who brought this up. When you do this, you got to support yourself. We don't know where it is. I think Audrey, Audrey's already got it. Audrey says it is. Uh, is it Matthew? Matthew? Uh, it's not Matthew 10, is it? No. Well, you keep looking. You keep looking, and uh, we'll move on, and then we'll come back. But yeah, i I know what you're talking about there. it's It's ones that he had uh especially uh, gifted at that time to be able to go ahead and spread the gospel on out, getting people ready to uh you know give good news and, and proclaim Jesus Christ and to to back up what they're saying. Again, there are visible signs and wonders to show that, hey, this is reality, this is true, this is right. Uh, we don't have that kind of thing happening today, but we have something better, in a sense, in that we have the Word of God with the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, and,
1: Matthew 10.8 is one of those.
0: It is Matthew 10. Heal,
1: okay. Healed the sick, raised the dead, put lepers, cast out demons.
0: There we go. He was sending them out there. Or, or was, as, was that the 12 there in Matthew 10? Probably the 12. Uh, so, so we know those guys, what we're talking about, that, that's fine, that's, that's what we're talking about, and then the other, the, the 70 by, uh, the, what, the 2 by 2, what have you? Um, Okay, in, in Acts 14, if we read verse 4, I don't know if it will make any sense to you, but I'll connect it here with uh, for a moment, uh, it says in verse 4, but the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews, and part with the apostles. now, so now we have some apostles. Who are these apostles? Well, if we back up at the end of chapter 13, in verse 50, But the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women, and the chief men of the city raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. Uh, it's interesting. They go into cities. This was at Antioch. They go in, deliver the gospel, and there's a division that arises. Some people start following what these apostles are saying, and others get mad and angry and want to kill them and persecute them, right? And they chase them out of the city. Well, we go into the next city, Iconium, and there's where that verse is at. They give out the truth and they grant signs and wonders. It says in verse 3, it was done by their hands, and in verse 4, here we have some are siding with the Jews and then others are siding with the apostles. Who are the apostles? According to chapter 13, it's Paul and Barnabas who went from Antioch then into Iconium. So now Barnabas is called an apostle because it says apostle, <laughs> not apostle and the apostle Paul and Barnabas, but... Apostles, so Barnabas is an apostle. Well, what sense is this? Is he among the twelve you know that grouping that that Paul became a part of? Um, I think it's a general sense as we might look a little bit further go, go to first Thessalonians chapter one again, we're going to see that word and it and it means to be sent to sent to be sent from the greeting is this Paul. Silvanus, and Timothy. Or that's Silas. Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Um, I think as we look further into chapter 2 then, in verse 6, as they are writing, this is coming from not only Paul, but Silas and Timothy, right? Okay, this is coming from us. Now in verse 6, nor did we seek glory, notice we, it's not, not I here, but we, we seek glory from men, and we're not seeking that, nor did we. Either from you or from others when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. Okay, Paul's an apostle, but what about this Silas? Now, he's called an apostle. And Timothy, if that's coming from those three individuals, with if you're reading this like a letter, which it is, Paul is including them in with him and he's saying apostles. Um, but they're not part of the 12, go to Romans 16.7, we'll see that there are others that are called that. But what we're really trying to get at is at the office. 16.7. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. They became Christians before Paul. Maybe they were some of the ones that were... Well, were they part of that 70? (laughs) I don't know. By
1: the way, that's Luke
0: 10.1. Luke 10.1, okay. He uh, pointed 70
1: also sent them 2 and 2 before his face into
0: every city and place where he
1: himself would come. So, they, the
0: so they, did, they did these signs and wonders. Now
1: my iPod's locked out so I can't, get anywhere can't go anywhere.
0: you got to stay in, in Luke. <laughs> <Self-healing better. laughs> uh, Andronicus and Junia um, are apostles. Had you ever known that? When was the last time you would read about that? You've done a study on that? Okay. But it says here that uh their their apostles How about Philippians 2:25. So we're getting some other guys are included in uh, this apostleship. 2:25. Yet I considered it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. Oh, you got to like this guy, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier. Oh, he's a brother of Paul. He's a fellow worker. He toils. And he's a fellow soldier. He battles with him, struggles. But your... Uh, boy, this this muddies it even more. My version says messenger. Do you guys have messenger there?
1: Fellow worker, fellow soldier, ESV.
0: But keep going. But oh, your... Messenger.
1: Yeah. Hey,
0: well, I'm just going to say it and... You have to take my word for it. No, look it up if you want to. Go into a concordance or a Greek dictionary or what have you. But uh, messenger there is actually related to uh, Apostolos. That's
2: the same thing with Timothy and Silas. They were referred to as messengers.
0: There you go. (coughs) Uh, Yeah, messengers. uh, Apostles. Not truly an apostle in the sense that
2: Paul and the other 12 were, but they were messengers
0: exact calling exactly thank you that's uh that's that's right on and um that's that's really what all these other guys are they're taking the message out in a special way, but it's still not that official office that uh, we normally think of when we when we think of Paul being an apostle but in the Greek word that's put there it's uh, apostolos uh, connected with that word, and so therefore we have uh, these uh, messengers of the uh, of the churches. If you were to go to Second Corinthians eight twenty three, sometimes I overdo all this, but uh, not that I really have to prove it to you guys. But I wish the church would really study these kind of things out and and get it right. It wouldn't lead to so much confusion because I think if you look at enough scripture, you go, oh, okay. If anyone inquires about Titus, he is my partner and fellow <laughs> worker concerning you. Or if our brethren are inquired about, they are... We have a messenger there. Anybody else have a messenger? That's interesting. All these different translations are still using that word messenger, aren't they? Messengers of the churches. Guess what the word is there for messenger again is? Apostolos. Or apostoloi.
1: Yeah, ESP bible here it actually makes special mention of that that it actually is apostle in Greek
0: so, but it, 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 it puts it as a note right yeah. yeah in the translation it says messenger yeah. which that's helpful and when, you, and when you see the word messenger, it's helpful too, because if you put apostle there, it can confuse people. So in translation, that is why I think sometimes people get confused, and so therefore it seems like anybody that's a leader in the church and they do a special thing, anybody can be called an apostle. But looking at these, uh, these texts, I think it helps. There is an apostle, there's a messengers to the churches, Peter in uh, chapter 1, First Peter 1 Peter Peter, an apostle of who? Jesus Christ. There are apostles of Jesus Christ. Then there are the other guys that they are apostles or messengers of the church. Yeah, Bob. Isn't
3: it, um, the word angel also known as a messenger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in Revelation, where uh, Jesus is addressing all the churches, he's talking to the angel of the church of such and such. And that basically means that what the shepherd, pastor, messenger of that right. church. So there might be some kind of distinction there too. But um, I was thinking that there's uh, i guess depending on the way it's maybe used in the canon there's a, a certain strength given as to who is an apostle apostle, or an apostle there apostle.
0: we go that's a good way right. to put apostle yeah. apostle and then
3: who are also considered messenger apostles you know. right but
0: messenger who are sent away from or out to yeah
3: yeah and and who saw the risen Lord, even. But we're not necessarily the inner circle, you know. Directly called of God for that, you know, the strong, strong apostleship, or whatever.
0: you
3: know. That's just one way of saying it, but yeah. There's a hierarchy or something there.
0: Yeah, in the sense of um, not that one man is better than another, but in the sense yeah, that the authority that, authority that God has called. given that person to give out His truth.
3: Yeah. And they would have more, uh, probably more light and more accountability
0: mm-hmm.
3: from Christ. You
2: know. Absolutely.
3: Uh, just like the angels, of the principality—you know—he assigned those different orders and different strengths to them. Yeah,
0: you know, God so chooses to do that. That's His purpose. He can do, and people say, "Well, that's not fair." <laughs> God knows exactly what He's doing. He yeah, wants he whatever an His purpose is. He has yeah. An
3: organization.
0: Yeah. And he, he does that for his own good pleasure and own good will and own purpose. Are there, uh, Is there such a thing as apostolic succession then? No. There, uh, of course, immediately you have to think of the Roman Catholic Church because that is one of the central teachings of the Roman Catholic Church. Otherwise, if you take the Pope away, who is the Holy Father... Uh, you can take the Catholic Church away. They have to have that. It's based upon that. Of course, there are many other things that they have, but it's based upon that lie of Peter being in Rome, being the, really the first pope. It was all handed down, him being that a- apostle, and then from there on down, it was, the next person would be handed. The only thing is, you have a few centuries there before the Catholic Church really got started. And, uh, there is no, t- we don't have any evidence that Peter ever was in Rome. And started a church in Rome. There's no evidence of that whatsoever. Uh, there are no successors to apostles, no matter what the Romans say. Uh, he was never a bishop in Rome. We don't know about. Uh, we don't have that. Uh, it's, it's it's totally unscriptural. It's it's wrong historically. Uh, there's no evidence. And it's amazing how how people can build a whole church on that. And the Pope is very important. What would happen if you took the Pope out of the Roman Catholic Church and no longer had it? Well, there is a denomination off of the Roman Catholics who don't have a Pope.
2: <laughs>
0: but they're still under some kind of authority. If the Word of God is not their authority, so what is it? It's still the church. You know, what's the church say? Well, Anyway, there were the, the Irvingites back in the 1800s. Uh, They were the so-called Catholic Apostolic Church. They were in London. And uh, they had these offices, like apostles and such. Uh, But we can see if you would have an understanding of Scripture, you wouldn't have this confusion. Um, How about false apostles? Well, they sure appear in Scripture too, don't they? In 2 Corinthians 11, uh, they're deceitful workers, and they uh, are called... uh, Apostles by Paul, they're only false. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel. Or a messenger, there you go, Bob, Angelos, of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. Okay, false apostles. They look like they are true, they look like they're real. Uh, False apostles had not seen the risen Lord, and they weren't called and commissioned by Christ, they never received revelation, they didn't work any miracles. Uh, Some claim to see visions of the Lord. uh, But remember, Paul didn't see a vision of the Lord. That was uh, reality on the road to Damascus. He actually saw Him. The office of prophets. That's the next one, isn't it? I think we got through the apostles there. He calls some to be apostles. That's quite a gift to the church because those guys wrote the Word of God for us uh, and people associated with them. Very, uh, very important. Yes? Point
2: there. Um, the principle that even though the apostles are not a continuation, okay, so there's a principle there that does follow through. And the principle is set by our Lord and is set by the apostles and that is being disciple-makers. Uh, <clears throat> that there is a following that the Apostle Paul had in wanting them to imitate him but there's also that principle of being disciple makers so that we and we ourselves are to be disciple makers not that we're apostles obviously but that we are to be able to train others up in the faith and have a walk with the Lord and that they follow our example before So I think that the principle is it's continued. It follows just as the Great
0: Commission. The Lord gave us. Exactly. Uh would you would you say that in a sense, in a very general sense, not to be taken wrongly, we are and I'll put quotes here, apostles in the sense that we are to be we are sent out too, aren't we? we're sent away from to give a message or to be called messengers. We have the, we have the good news and we don't want to keep it uh, into ourselves and we want to help build up the body of Christ. And so that's why all of this comes right into play right into the middle of chapter 4 here of, of what this is about. And this is how the, the church functions. It starts with the apostles but it not stop there. It didn't stop the work. Well, 2,000 years later, here we are studying the same thing that was written back then. And then we are to give that out. Yeah. What a privilege it is. Um, The prophets, um, and boy, I'll tell you, you can get all sorts of hot water uh, in this area because, and it depends on how you use the word too. And of course, you know, we're coming from the original language and sometimes you have to really use the context prophet, in, in, a, in a general sense, means to proclaim. It means to proclaim God's word. Uh, we know there's a forth telling that can be involved also. Um, in this sense, I'm going to keep it with, with the office as that being concerned. In that sense, it's an extraordinary thing because they again were like the apostles. Ephesians 2.20 um, The apostles and the prophets were the foundation, and there again, it's dealing with the revealed word of God that uh, later became in the, in the canon. It's the foundation, and it's done. Uh, so that's where we're taking that. Uh, as for people coming along, being able to proclaim God's word and tell forth, uh, okay, fine. But in this office, again, as Martin Lloyd Jones says, this particular gift at that time was an extraordinary gift and temporary in that it too was closed. Um, it's like having the apostles and prophets were like delegates to a constitutional convention. All right. So when you have delegates that go to a convention, it's for that time period. And what they do is they, uh, they represent there, they, they put things together that needs to be done and after that's over, the position then ceases. Uh, when the New Testament was completed, the office of apostle was uh, ceased. And then we look at prophets who um, they would teach and preach what the, the apostles would. Or they would get special revelation too uh, to tell people, as uh, you, would, you would find in particular scriptures. But the prophets would supplement basically what the apostles had for the most part but they had the ability to speak clearly to, to tell forth and uh, you know, encourage people on and such but uh, once the New Testament documents were written the office of apostle the apo- uh, prophetic office was no longer necessary uh, in the pastoral epistles, epistles you will not see a mention of these particular uh, gifts here apostles and prophets Uh, The call at that time then was for pastors, teachers, uh, to take forth that word, to expound the scripture and and to carry on. Uh, Prophets, they they spoke under the very direct inspiration uh, of God. He revealed to them. If you go go to Acts 11, for instance. Acts 11, um, 21. And I think even at one time, Paul even called himself a prophet and an apostle. But usually we know him as an apostle. But in verse 21, they have been informed about you that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children nor to walk according to the customs. What then? The assembly... "...must certainly meet, for they will hear that you have come. Therefore, do what we tell you. We have four men who have taken a vow. Take them and be purified with them. Pay their expenses that they may shave their heads, that all may know that those things of which they were informed concerning you are nothing, but that you yourself also walk up orderly and keep the law. But concerning the Gentiles who believe, we have written and decided that they should observe no such thing except that they should keep themselves from things offered to idols." From blood, from things strangled, from sexual morality. Uh, You know what? Yeah, I kept looking for something. I'm in the wrong, wrong chapter. Uh, yeah, okay. I was trying to find where I was heading. <laughs> Thanks for telling me that way after I was done. No. <laughs> okay, I knew that. I was going to try to bail out of that. Um, okay, in chapter 11 you have Barnabas and Saul. They're in Antioch. All right? Let's see where I was really heading on this. So sure. Yeah, maybe I better check. Do I have the right book? <laughs> okay. I
1: thought you said Acts Yeah. That's
0: right. I thought Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> this is not really what... Um, no, I get it. Okay, verse. Two, okay, 21. yeah, twenty-seven and twenty-eight. We really, right. Okay, what what do you got there?
1: Sure,
0: rise up and eat yeah. responsibilities. I get it. Oh, oh. <laughs> 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 profound. <laughs> no. Hey, that sounds like the thing to do. It's probably about ra- time to raise up and eat yeah. the cake because it's about time to close <laughs> here verse 27 in those days prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch okay we were setting this up okay verse 27 right prophets are coming then one of them named Agabus stood up <laughs> and showed by the spirit <laughs> that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world so you better eat right now right which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar so he started telling them there, there's a case of a, a prophet there I'm telling them a forth telling something that is going to happen um Giving a, a preview, um, but there was something that um, was not necessarily from from an apostle, but from somebody that was known as as a prophet. And uh, so there again, that you have have that office, and you can look at other passages in the New Testament. You'll see these uh, this prophet. But again, it has to be a cessation because the the apostles and the prophets, their offices were the foundation. Ephesians 2:20. So there's a cessation of that office. And, we could, and I know there can be a lot of arguments within the realm of the body of Christ. But in church history, there has been so much confusion over this. And some people will say they have special revelation from God. But in view of the canon of Scripture, if they're having a special revelation, what are they saying? They're saying they have something new to tell us that's not written in Scripture. You can say, oh, no, no, they're saying what's in Scripture. We test them with the Scripture, though. Well, then why do I need their special revelation when it's already here? They're not getting anything new, right? There's no new, fresh revelation. And if it is, then the canon's not done. Then we're in trouble. How are we going to know who's true and who's not? We have to test them with this, and uh, it's already here then. And so that's why when you will go through... Uh, church history that they always would they would boot somebody out when they came up and said they had new revelation. There was a group called uh, the Montanist and they made this claim in the second century. They had new revelation and the church rose up and denounced them as heretics. My, can they do that? I'm glad they did. The Roman Catholic Church comes along later on, makes claims of receiving fresh revelation from God. Well, we know the Reformation, one of the big cries was sola scriptura, right? Scripture alone. Why was that? They were saying, well, we're not depending upon the Roman Catholic Church, their dogma, the Pope, um, the church authority. It's the Word of God alone that's already been written. We're not going by somebody over here saying, well, this is what I heard from God. He told me this. Uh, Well... If it lines up with Scripture, well, that okay, whatever, but I've got it right here. I don't, I don't need new revelation. I have enough right here. I have, a, I have a hard enough time trying to understand all this. When a pope speaks ex cathedra, that's out of the chair, he is actually claiming that he is on the level of Jesus Christ or apostles or prophets. That is where the level he's at. He's on the level of Jesus Christ. Uh, at the Reformation there arose a group called the Anabaptist, and they claimed they had prophets in their groups and they received special revelation. Well, the Reformers didn't take too kindly to the Anabaptist, and there are probably some negative things about that. I tend to stand on the, on the side of the Reformers but Their ways of carrying it out I wouldn't uh, identify with at all because they did kill some of them. Drowned them. Anyway, the Quakers claimed to receive inner light and truth that was beyond Scripture and better than Scripture, than written Scripture. That's the Quakers. The truth is in the Bible. When somebody claims that they have a word from the Lord, you know what I say? Uh, I don't need it. I've got it here. Uh, you can say that, yeah the Lord told me that the Spirit speaks through the Word of God, and they're claiming something different. If someone thinks that they receive revelation, maybe they need to use another word. Illumination; they were illumined. And if we go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter two, it talks about the apostles were given a revelation. But later on, you'll see that the Holy Spirit illumines us to be able to understand these deep things of God that were written by the men that God had appointed to to write down. So, prophets, as far as that office is concerned, it's it's done. It was temporary. Are there people that can come along and proclaim God's word in a way that is profound? Uh, maybe give warnings of things that come. And sometimes people will loosely use that word, well, he's a prophet. You know, there's, They can come right into the church and see some things that are wrong and everything. Uh, but I don't think they're getting any extra uh, biblical revelation uh, uh, I think there there can be a gift that can be used, a, a gift of uh, a prophecy in that sense. So in, in that way, in that term, I think, okay, I, I can see what they're saying. But in, in Ephesians, here in chapter 4, with the office, could you see that there is really no room for a prophet like that today? The foundation's been laid. Well, guys, um, we didn't get out early. And we didn't get done with the verse.
2: <laughs>
0: and I really wanted to get to the pastor-teacher thing. Uh, of course, you know, you get into this and there's all sorts of squabble. Thank you guys for not uh, raising up a lot of arguments with me on this. But uh, I think we're kind of like-minded here. But believe me, in the body of Christ, you could you could sit here and, man, you could get all sorts of different things coming at us here. But as we look at these scriptures, I think it's pretty clear that... Um, God is not an author of confusion. And I think if you look at enough scripture, He can help us out. Not that we have uh, exhaustive done those. But anyway, thank you guys for having another enjoyable evening looking at what God has given us. Aren't you glad that we have, have had the gifts of those apostles and prophets who gave us the inspired Word of God and we know that this is everything that we need? And pertaining to life and godliness, we have his word in our lives and the Holy Spirit there teaching us. It's a great thing. Bob, would you like to close us there?
2: Thank you.